Hey guys, it's Michelle and Brittany. Okay, I know you guys are wondering what happened to us and we will get into it later on on the episode. But today's episode, we actually wanted to focus on women and why is it that society has or feel as though they should have so much say into what we do with our bodies, whether that's exposing it for the world to see or keeping it covered and things like making decision on topics like abortion. So on today's episode, we hope that you learn from it as well as it sparks conversation. This is a shot of melanin. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of A Shot of Melon. I know it's been a minute, but uh, we're back and I do have some great guests here. So I've got Diana, Andrew, and of course you guys know Brittany. So I'm going to let our guests um, introduce themselves a little bit. So we'll start off with Diana, if you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners. Sure. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm Diana. Um, I've met um, Michelle and Brittany through Andrew, and we've done a few podcasts together now on um, on Andrew's podcast, and it's always a good time um, chatting with, with you guys. So uh yeah thanks michelle for having me i'm happy to be no here no problem and of course a no stranger to the podcast we've got mr jones back for another episode take the floor well, <laughs> sure um i've known Brittany actually for a very long time and i've actually met michelle through Brittany and diana we've known for wow 10 years plus and um yeah we've done podcasts together uh, on the sports jones um, shooting, I'm actually dropping another podcast called The Real Talk, um, which our first episode that we all, we did together will most likely drop in the next week or two. Um, but yeah, sports junkie, um, good friends with each one of you guys, and I'm actually blessed to be you know on your podcast to drop my opinions on on this particular topic, which is going to be amazing. Well, I'm glad that both Diana and Andrew are here for this episode. And of course, no further ado, we got Brittany here. Brittany, how you doing? Say what? <laughs> I'm good, you? <laughs> <laughs> doing well. Britt, do you have some news for our listeners? I sure do. In this time off, I had a whole ass baby. A whole baby. <laughs> <laughs> a whole baby. Not a little a baby. Whole a big baby. ass whole ass baby. <laughs> so, I've just been ingesting a life with two kids now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an adjustment. Uh, I know because I have two kids of my own, so I know what Britt is going through, but right. this is why we have kind of been uh, MIA from the podcast. Britt has a whole ass baby, as she had just mes- mentioned. <laughs> and as for me, I've been going through the job hunting. As you guys know, this podcast is more so a hobby. We do not get paid for this. Um, so I do have a nine to five <laughs> and, um, I've been looking for a new job and I found a new job and this is why both Brit and I have been missing in action, but we're back. We are going to wrap up season two in by the end, sorry, by the beginning of October. So you're looking at maybe three more episodes until we wrap up for season two. So without further ado, let's get into today's topic. So our topic today is more so about women's rights and policing women's bodies. So let's just jump right into it. Now, women deal with a lot in terms of body image. And I know Britt and I have previously discussed about loving the skin that we were in. So if you haven't heard that episode, definitely go check that out. Now, I wanted to ask you guys, um, 
in comparison to men, do you find men have more pressure to have the perfect bodies? Why is there so much pressure on women in comparison to men? It, yeah, it's it's hard to say why that is, but um, it definitely does it seem to be the way that it is. Um, but I do find that men also um, feel pressure to have perfect bodies as well. Uh, maybe not as much as women. Um, we're as a society we're we're very focused on what what women look like and. Um, you know, setting out those body body image ideals um, through models, especially now with social media platforms like Instagram and uh, even you know OnlyFans. Um, we, as a society, have have so so many expectations of what women should look like. Um, so I definitely think there's a lot more emphasis on that, and it's more acceptable for for men to to have, you know, the dad bod that um, is, 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 is seen as a positive thing for the most part, uh, I think. Um, but we don't, we haven't really normalized it in, in a mainstream way for, for women to have various different um, body types um, as much as, as much as it is more accepted for men. Um, yeah, I, I do think they do have some pressure as well, though. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, to me, being a dude, uh, I don't feel that pressure to say I need to have the perfect bod, like, in the average, you know, average society um, lifestyle. Like, I mean, I guess there's certain professions, like, you know, for men that they definitely have to have, quote, unquote, the perfect body. But in my case, I don't feel like men have that pressure at all. Uh, at least I, I don't feel they have that much pressure. Like you said, like with the dad bod thing in average society, I'm telling you, like the fact that people, you know, don't shun the idea of having a beer belly as opposed to a woman that is basically that's just asking for people to find reasons to hate on you. Like whether it's you know through social media or even in person for that matter. Um, I, th- I, I just think also if, if I could just add um, mm-hmm. with with women, we kind of have this expectation that women should be. Um, thinner or have, you know, the hourglass figure shape. Mm. Whereas with men, I think um, a lot of men have a lot of pressure to not be too skinny. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, it it seems like it's totally unfair, mind you, that women have to be more sexually and I you know, sexually appealing and, you know, referred to as quote unquote eye candy, Mm -hmm. no matter which walk of life you're in, whether it's through, you know, work, whether it's through, you know, modeling, whatever, like, Women are basically viewed as such, you know, eye candy-ish levels that having anything but an eye candy-looking body is just asking for people to be, you know, negative or condescending or, quite frankly, just disgusting towards, you know, towards those women. And I, I it's un, it's completely unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, that's why I don't feel like men have that kind of pressure at all. Yeah, uh, because I feel like as men, body. men's bodies haven't been sexualized like that. Exactly. It's always been women's bodies, no matter. And because if we think about back in a man, not even like let's say fifty years ago, the mm-hmm. ideal sexual body, the the oh my god, the perfect body for a woman looks completely different 
than what we expect nowadays. Nowadays, it's all about that plastic fake body, the big booty, the BBL surgeries, all that stuff. Whereas back then, it was like a skinny body or you wanted a tiny waist and and tiny hips. Everything had to be just so. And 50 years from now, it's not going to be the same as it is now. But the one thing that stayed consistent through time has been this focus on sexualizing women's bodies as opposed to Mm -hmm. men's bodies and seeing a woman as something that is uh, to be, to look a certain way, right? You're saying that eye candy for men, but for women, it's not that. You don't need to have a guy with a perfect body. You just want to have a nice guy or whatever. So I think maybe that also plays into it too, where it's like men kind of want the eye candy. And maybe you could speak on that. Maybe there's a focus more on looks for men as opposed to women. We just more often than not, we just want like a good guy, a nice guy, a funny guy, whatever. And we don't really care. We can oversee certain things that we don't like sexually or, you know, physically and just say, oh, well, he's a nice guy and that's it. And then that makes him more attractive to us. But for the guys, it seems to be more of a focus on, well, does she have a big ass? Does she got big tits? Like, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, that, and that's the shame in all this, no doubt. Like, the appeal of a, of the opposite sex is so different as far as what we're attracted to. Like, women, I guess, I mean, in the sense where they're attracted to that guy. Yes, he may have the perfect body, but does he have a great personality? Exactly. You know, like, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you, women don't have that, that luxury. They just don't, or at least nowadays still, they don't. And that's that's where that line has been drawn, where I could look like a dad bod and... But if I have a great personality where I'm funny, I make some girl laugh, oh boy, boom, I'm in. But women don't have that luxury. And all of a sudden, that dad bod kind of looks cute to them, too. Word. And that's the crazy part. (laughs) (laughs) That is what's crazy to me is that, yeah, like you can eventually look like, you know, beer gut sort of, you know, tank top hanging with beer belly hanging over your belt. But like some people might actually find that appealing. Women don't have that luck at all. And same thing for like wrinkles, you know, as let's say for an actor and actress that age, as that actress gets older, well, then it's like, oh, she's kind of typecast into like the mom or grandma roles. But then the older man, it's fine. Like he's still hot. Like George Clooney is still considered hot. And he's how old? First guy, no homo, but he was the first guy I was thinking of. Like, (laughs) yo, George Clooney looks, looks like that, you know, that next level, like, you know, elder statesman that, you know, 20 year olds would be like, oh my God, he's so hot. Like, he, like, that's, he's that dude. Like, Idris Elba, same thing. Like, he's, oh, old, yeah, man. yeah. But I mean, he doesn't look terrible. He looks great. And women don't get that. You know, they don't have that means of, of saying, yo, she, she looks pretty damn good for an older woman and get casted into like a young person's role where men can get away with that easily in the movie business. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So, who do you think body shames women? Is it men? Or other women? And why do you think that is? Woman. It's other women. <laughs> I'm glad somebody else said it before me. I didn't I want to stop saying it. I was like, you know, <laughs> just take this one. It's other women. Because a lot of women can be very mean, as we all know. And we like to be judgmental. You know what I'm saying? And men are, I mean, look, I think men are also judgmental. But I think that they're less vocal about it. I think yeah. women are more of the haters than the men. We're less nasty too, I think. I, yeah. I don't think we're that nasty compared to other women talking about other women's bodies. It's, Absolutely. Y'all can be, yo, can I cuss? I'm sorry, Diana? but y'all can be fucking ruthless. Look. What's that? <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. This is a cuss show. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, cool. This is our race. <laughs> I always put, um, yeah, I always put explicit in our in our show notes. So if anybody wants to, because I, I was saying like, because, but because um, I, I was just saying y'all can be fucking ruthless, man. Shoot, like damn. Oh, I thought you were gonna say bitches. And but... why do you think? That no, is, no. Like, as women, <laughs> as women, why do you think that is? So I guess it's more towards Diana and Brit. Why do you mm. think women are so much more harder on other women? And Andrew, I'll give you a minute to kind of express what you yeah, sure. think it could be. But mm. I just want to see what the women have to say about that. Hmm. I think maybe insecurity plays a, a big role in it. I think that maybe the pressure from society. Uh, to look a certain way will like, you know, seeing all the magazines and the models and or at this day and age, I should say uh, Instagram influencers and all of that um, put some kind of internal pressure on you if you have some insecurities about certain things. So then to make yourself feel better, you're going to try to bring somebody else down. Okay. Yeah, I think, okay. I think also, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on women to, to fit into this hypersexualized um, image that um, is expected uh, of us, and you know, uh, it, indirectly, it's not that it's not that men are body shaming women, but men expect women to look certain ways. So if we if we want that guy, you know, to to like us, then we're we're competing with other women essentially. So there's, there's a lot of pressure from that end as well. Um, but I saw recently, um, on, on a post, uh, and it was about Brendan Fraser, um, how he had, um, he had gained a lot of weight. And what I found interesting about the post was, um, that it said people, people don't, people's bodies don't exist to please you. And I thought that was really profound. Um, and I think as a society, we, we tend to, whether it's men or women, we tend to, um, to think that people's bodies are, are there to please us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and that's, Mm. that's something that, that is a, it would be a shift in thinking. Yeah. Like I agree. The only problem is that do women agree mostly because of the amount of, you know, maintenance that requires of them, you know, in order to, sustain that kind of appearance and that kind of level of beauty that they wanted to, you know, they want to project to other people, especially the opposite Mm -hmm. sex. And like, I, I totally agree with the fact that, you know, your body is your body. Like, you know, it's, it's your choice to do what you so fit, feel like you want to do with it. Um, It's just that because like you said, when it comes to the hostility from other women, in my view, from women to women is like you said, competition and, the pressures of trying to maintain that that level of appeal to other men, you know, it's it's yo, it can it can be nasty. It can be really, really nasty, but it is definitely competitive based. And like Brittany said too, as far as um as far as trying to find that that balance of like fitting in, you know, and the only way you fit in nowadays, especially when it comes to social media, is by putting other people's down to put yourself at a higher pedestal. And it can be nasty. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my point of view. Like I don't I don't feel it necessarily right. I just that's the way I see it. Um I don't know. I, I don't know why women do it. I think you guys are definitely right. Uh, it could be a competition thing, you know, you're competing for the attention of maybe men or other women. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it could be as a way of making themselves feels better, feel better. Like, oh, I'm not like that person, uh, that woman, because she dresses like trash or she's fat. I'm much like as a way of maybe boosting up their self confidence. Um, I'm not too sure why why we do it. I do know that, of course, media and society does play a role in in it because they define what beauty is, and I think from there we just kind of internalize it, and either you know, either you m- fit that mold or you don't. And if you don't fit that mold, then people are just gonna like attack you. And I do agree, women tend to be a lot more mean about it. I feel like if men do do it, they probably talk about it behind closed doors, mm-hmm. like they're not so vocal about it. Um, mm-hmm. women will tell you like flat in your face. <laughs> um, I've had people, you know, oh, Michelle, you, you know, you're getting a little bit of weight. Yeah, it's a pandemic. It's quarantine. What did you expect? <laughs> not going to come out looking like Beyonce. Not going to come out looking like... would feel comfortable to even comment on, on mm-hmm. whether you lost or, or gained weight. Like, yeah. why do people feel comfortable with that? Why is it something that they feel <laughs> they can discuss and, and, and why, why point it out because if i gained weight i know i gained weight you don't need to tell me i have a mirror right when i see it you telling me I'm like oh i did oh my god thank you so much for telling me i didn't know now i'm gonna go on a diet it's like i knew so just shut up ah oh, so annoying <laughs> so speaking of weight recently Lizzo took to Instagram crying. One of the mm. reasons is was because she was being fat shamed. So she there was a plethora of reasons, but one of them was because she was being fat shamed. Now do you think women who are more overweight and do not fit the mold of a model a thin model are more likely to be attacked in body shape for their uh, attacked and shame sorry for their body and you think if it was a man would there be the same reaction? Hell no. Nah. Come on now, like I mean, I tell you this much, <laughs> like because I think the pre- the the crux of where this whole fat shaming towards Lizzo came about was from the video. Uh, it was uh, rumors mm-hmm. with Cardi B. Rumors, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. see the video. Like I only saw like a snippet of it when I after I saw the the Lizzo IG post that you that you sent us. And nah, man, it, for it's a thousand percent like just women and most like mostly women and maybe a sprinkles of men that are being just disgusting when it comes to how her appearance was. And quite frankly, you know, if you don't like it, then don't say anything. Shut up. Like, but here's and- my thing, though. Here's what I wanted to say about that. So, yes, they're fat shaming Lizzo, but nobody was fat shaming Rick Ross. Nobody was fat shaming Fat <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Why is it that Big pun, heavy women pee. get it? <laughs> because it's- No one is fat shaming them. No, nah, but that's what I'm saying. Like Women don't get that luxury of of you know having a great personality or a great talent you know that comes along with you know looking like a pristine figure you know like the problem is that we tend to like view women in such a sexualized scope before we even realize how kind of what kind of talent that person is and like i mean you actors and singers like you know both are in that same scope where you know what's her name melissa mccarthy mm-hmm. you know talented actress but we kind of give her mm-hmm. the, you know, the lesser appeal because she looks, you know, overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Uh, who was it? Adele. She recently lost oh, weight. Right, yeah. 
Yes. She's a super talented Do you singer. Think it was as a result of for yes. herself, like she did yes. it herself, or I'm pretty sure yes, more yes so and no. For image, I but it, there's no way image can't be a part of what her decision was to lose weight, and that's part of the problem when it comes to the entertainment business, especially Lizzo got unfairly criticized because if she was confident enough to put herself out there like that in a video for everybody to see. She should be proud of that moment. Mm-hmm. She couldn't even get the chance to be proud of that moment because of the amount of people no. that were shitting on her. And that's the shame in all that. Yeah. Well, the music industry and the entertainment industry have have changed so much uh, from, you know, what it used to be 40, 50, 60 years ago, um, where music was music. Entertainers were, were, were entertainers for you to listen to their music, like Aretha Franklin, um, you know, uh, other artists that nobody looked at them and, and, and said, Oh, you know, you have to go and lose some weight. We, we liked their music, but now with, you know, um, performances by artists like JLo, Britney Spears, uh, you know, Rihanna, Beyonce, Mm -hmm. there's this, this intersectionality between, between music and the entertainment industry and, and these body ideals, these, these gender ideals that we've um, assigned to to women, and yeah. so it's it just collides with with almost every area, uh, every industry. Well, maybe not every industry, but definitely the entertainment one. Yo, sorry to jump in, but remember, like when Christina Aguilera came out and Britney Spears came out as this cutesy, innocent-looking type of like vibe, where everybody got you know got to love. And all of a sudden, Britney Spears did a song "Slay for You," mm-hmm. and I remember there was being yeah. a little bit of criticism for that. If you know, from mostly women, I'm guessing, but you know, like, oh my God, like now we're how are we going to raise our children where we're listening to stuff like this? Hmm. Like this, this is the kind this of stupidity, what, like the sexualization, of exactly. It? And that's the thing now, like yeah. the inner, like, like Diana said, the entertainment industry is so different now because of what used to be just pure talent. You know, where you could be a great actress or a great singer and be lauded for that without having to worry about your body. But now everything in the entertainment business has been so sexualized that looking appealing and having good talent is what's going to get you ahead Mm -hmm. for the most part. And that's that's crazy to me. Knocked down if if you don't fit the the looking good part. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you got all the talent. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that because my one of the first concerts I went to when I was younger was Britney Spears, and my mom went with me. And during the concert, she must at the time she must have been what like sixteen or something. Yeah. And there was a stripper pole on the stage, and she was dancing on the stripper pole. And mm-hmm. my mom saw that, and she told me later in in life, she was like, "I looked at her, and I was thinking to myself, this is sad that at sixteen years old, they need to incorporate." stripping and like a stripper pole and all this stuff like sexualizing this little 16 year old instead of just letting her dance and sing why does it have Mm -hmm. to be about sex and sexualization because Mm -hmm. sex sells that's basically what it's always been sex sells i feel like man and maybe i'm wrong and you guys will disagree but i kind of feel like the lines between the entertainment industry and real life have really started to blur um Mm -hmm. because of Instagram and Facebook and things like that, where it's like people, 
you're not you're not an entertainer. You're just an average person, but you want to be an Instagram influencer. So you're going to start posting these these maybe like sexualized photos, these fake photos trying yeah. to show off your body. Da, 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 da. So then me as an average person will see that and like, oh, well, she's just like me or oh, I need to look like that. And then just the average person seems like they need to post these things about themselves on their Instagram. There's certain friends of mine that I have on Instagram that I'm like, but you weren't like this before. And now Yo. you're posting all these like mm. sexy pictures of yourself. You are not a performer. You are not an entertainer. Why do you feel the need to do that? And I feel Yo, like it's so true. Yeah. And, and I'm looking now, especially now I have two girls. I'm like, wow, what's life going to be like for you guys when you guys are teenagers mm. or in your 20s and 30s? Wow, this is like I feel sorry for you guys. And, and I'm not going to be able to counteract all of these messages that you're getting sent through your uh, social media and mm -hmm. internet because, man, you, to be a woman nowadays, you have to show a lot of skin, oh wear a lot of makeup, contour, posty, sexy pictures, sex, 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 sex. But filters yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. 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 Start with the filters. You can't post a picture without throwing a filter on it or, no. <laughs> or you're not doing it right. If you're not putting a filter. So uh, it's just, it's sad that it's become like that just for the average person, not even the entertainer. Yeah. Diana, you got anything more to say? No, I think I think that's good. I agree very much with with all of everybody's points and especially Brittany with, you know, bringing in um, the social media aspect. I think it has really transformed and revolutionized um, the pressure that that women, uh, especially and, and girls, feel to to look like like the entertainers because everybody can now have their own platform and and there's there's an allowance to 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 be an entertainer yourself um you know an influencer entertainer and a lot of people are are doing that just by the way that they look on platforms like instagram and other social media sites mm -hmm. i do think that um a lot of the reason why women are doing these things is because they also want, I think everybody has this mindset that they want to be the next best thing. Right. And with a lot of people becoming almost overnight celebrities or, or, or jumping to stardom overnight, I think a lot of women are willing to, let's say they compromise. I would say they would compromise on their morals. So they might start mm -hmm. to dress a certain way, especially because they know that's going to be the in thing to do. Right. So I'm not True. too sure what the future has in store. <laughs> I'm praying like you, Brittany, that it's not to the point where women just come out purely naked. <laughs> 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 like, I don't want that. I do myself. I have a daughter and I think that's the worst thing to know that this this is the trajectory of what it is. Mm -hmm. The hypersexualization of women's, especially women's bodies, which um. I did want to ask, um, when did you guys realize that society had an obsession uh, of governing over women's bodies? Like, when did you guys have that clear realization or what specific situation gave you like, what is up with this obsession? I can't really pinpoint when I figured it out. Like, all I knew was like growing up, man, you know, seeing next level videos from, you know, Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera, where we were like, you know, it was like degrading these women for just being performers as opposed to like, you know, what they actually are behind this behind the scenes. I can't tell you, I can't pinpoint when I realized it. Like early teens, late teens, like early twenties kind of thing. 
Um, I wish I had a better answer for you, but it's it's hard to, for me to say, <laughs> okay, I figured out this is the day, yeah, that, you know, women had this much pressure to either look this type of way or be this type of way in, in front of the cameras and maintain that for a specific period of time to, you know, keep their careers going. Like, it could have been from even before I was born, for all I know. I mean, that's, that's mm. it's hard to, it's hard to figure out where that line has been drawn. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Andrew on on this one. I, I can't say when um, I, I would have realized that. But, you know, um, just looking back uh, indirectly, I think all women have have experienced that to to some form or another, some degree or another of, of having our our bodies controlled, um, you know, just looking back at even how how I was raised and how most people have raised girls. We, we tell girls how to dress. We tell girls, you know, what, what to wear, what's expected. Um, you know, we, we have always just kind of set expectations around that. And then the expectations are, they just change. They change from whether it's your parents' expectations or, or, or your, your classmates' expectations or your workplace's expectations, or the the different cultures' expect expectations, mm-hmm. um, because you know here we're we're talking a lot about the hypersexualized image of women, but then you have um, other cultures who who do the uh, the opposite, where right. their their yeah. goal is to cover women up. What you know, whether it's from a hijab to a full-on burqa where all you can see is a woman's Mm -hmm. eyes right um but the the focus is the same whether we're telling women to be naked or we're, we're telling women to cover everything up but your eyes um the the focus is the same and that that's to control women's bodies and control what women look like and there's this underlying assumption that women are objects or dolls to be dressed up as mm. as different societies please mm-hmm. it's so, true. Um, you know, when i was talking to my mom about this because i didn't i didn't know what to answer for this question because i same as you guys i don't know when i realized it but she brought up an interesting point in high school i went to um high school that has uniforms and mm-hmm. your skirt couldn't be too yeah. girls were like hemming it but then you get in trouble for hemming it because it had to be a certain mm-hmm. a certain <laughs> way and then on dress down day which was i think like once a month you paid dollar to wear your own clothes but whatever um yep. you couldn't wear a tank top and you could like there were so many restrictions on what we could wear as females and we were talking about it, i was like you know what why was there so much focus and i know it wasn't just my school it's a lot of schools most schools where there's so much focus on what girls can and cannot wear they because yeah. they don't want to distract the boys what about focusing on the boys what about focusing yeah. on what that's you it your yeah. little thing in your little pants all right and why don't you stop staring at these women because they're wearing a freaking tank top or tube top it's like victim blaming yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's because... so wrong it's focusing on the wrong <laughs> people you're not focusing on yeah. you're, you're saying you know what in order to not distract the boys in order to avoid being raped or whatever getting having yes. anything happen to you don't wear these clothes because men they're animals you know we can't control them instead of teaching boys you know, a woman can wear yes. what she wants. You have no right to touch her. You have no right to stare at her like that. Teach about consent. What about that? What about 100%. focus there? 
That's the crazy part. That is the crazy part where we, you know, we shame and shun on the women for, you know, presenting themselves in a way where they shouldn't have to worry about what other men or men in particular are going to do to them. Like they should be punishing or at least having a teaching moment for boys, especially at an early age about where you draw the line when it comes to, you know, the respect for women. Because at the end of the day, it's it's about respecting each other per, first, but especially for women that don't get the protections that they need in public and society, yep. you know, and from particular predators or potential future predators, which could be young men that aren't taught well enough. I feel also that there's an underlying message that's being sent um, by by even having those rules for girls, but not having rules for God, for for boys. So when when the rules are are broken or like you said michelle on a, on a, you know casual day where they can wear things like tank tops or whatever the case may be then then it's this out of the ordinary thing that's that's taboo and it's not allowed because it's mm-hmm. normally regulated so then right you know you have boys focusing on that not because necessarily that oh it's a tank top but because we have now regulated and, in, and internalized this this expectation that that women or girls don't dress like that mm-hmm. um yeah. that they're not supposed to so you mind I if i jump in on one and add one thing too yeah no sorry i was just gonna say like my girlfriend she's from france um and in france they have a lot of like places like in beaches and publicly where you can go topless so you know like kids even women they they walk around beaches topless and it's, you know, not a big deal at all in Europe. She right. came to Canada where she brought her daughter to like a water park or whatever. And she didn't have a, you know, her daughter at the time who was like, what, three? She didn't even have a top. But somebody said, um, excuse me, but she has to have a top. And my girlfriend was like, what do you mean? You know, like, what, what's the what's the problem here? Like, my girlfriend, she doesn't have boobs to cover up. Like, why, why are we telling her that she needs, why are you telling me that she needs to have a top? And she thought it was crazy then. You know, and this is like a decade ago. It like, is you know, crazy, she, right? Yeah, that like we're policing women's bodies at that age. You know, right. in this day, in this day and age, that it was to her, to her. It was like, what the f are we doing here? Like, this is how we, you know, this is how early we start public policing or you know, trying to yeah. like marginalize women by by telling them like, we can't wear bikini, we have to wear bikini tops at three years old. Are you fucking kidding? That's that's crazy to me too, but. That's how we've grown up in North America, and the the dynamic in France or in Europe is so much different from here. Yes, that I will say for sure. Like the dynamics between North America and Europe, and maybe other parts of the world, mm-hmm. um, definitely different. But as as um, Diana was mentioning, we have also the other end of the coin. So one end we have hypersexualization, and on the other end there is um, covering women up. So. Um, just what are your thoughts on that part where women are expected to be covered up? I know in places, for example, I'm sure this is not a surprise and this is news to people, but you've heard about the takeover of the Taliban in Afghanistan mm-hmm. and how it's looking like women are going to have to go back to wearing like the burqa. I, I believe they've actually started wearing the burqa again now that the Taliban has taken over. Now, what do you think of, of cultures that more so... I want to specifically speak about Afghanistan, but how do you feel about them bringing back, you know, covering up these women and, and they're kind of losing their, their sense of freedom and it's back to an oppression. 
Well, I think the problem um, lies in in the lack of choice. If mm-hmm. you know, if there's um, if it's regulated, that's where the problem lies. If if women are oppressed and and forced into dressing a certain way, that's where the problem lies. I mean, if you have a, a society that supports women's choices and supports women's rights and and um, respects women, then, you know, if you want to dress yourself and, and cover yourself up head to toe, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. also want to be close to naked, go ahead. That The problem lies <laughs> in, in removing the choice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree. Like the fact that you're not even giving women the, you know, the dignity of choosing that, that to me is like, and I, I'm not one to start talking about other people's cultures. I mean, the, the rule can be reversed when it comes to people talking about North American culture, like hence the for the covering up a bikini top or using a bikini top on a three-year-old. Like it's, it's, it's just different. And the, the, the fact that women can't choose is where the line of, utter disrespect and oppression comes into play. And that's something I, I just don't, I don't really like at all myself. Yeah. And, Wait, and any thoughts? Oh, sorry. Oh. No, go ahead, Diana. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, throughout history, as far as we can uh, go back, um, there's, it, it just seems that women um, and women's sexuality and women's bodies have been something to be, feared because if it's uh you know we control things that we fear so if if there has been this control over women's bodies then there's been a fear and it's the question just just uh is is why why is there such a fear of of women having control over their own bodies why is there such a fear um over women having control over their own sexuality Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. That's a good point. You know what's funny? I always jokingly say that if women were allowed from the get go to just be able to be themselves, they were not restricted, they were not oppressed. Man, this role would be an amazing place because I feel like women are so strong and could do so much. And no offense, AJ, love you, men, but I feel like women are so much better. And I just feel like <laughs> I feel like men had to or felt the need to oppress women and take away their choices because they knew that they wouldn't be the the powerful men that they are today. I just feel like it's a way of keeping us down so that we don't shine and take over because we're very capable human beings. We are amazing human beings and they're just trying to like dim our shine. I, it just irritates dim me. Dim our light. I am not arguing one bit you just said. <laughs> the only thing I will push back on is that white men in particular. Yes, no offense. I, to I was going to say it. I didn't want to bring it there. I'm just putting that out there. Black but men didn't have I don't think you can control. say just white men because if we look at places like the Middle East, you know, I think it can encompass True. all men. There is some sort of oh, I'm specifically you know, just about North American and, and the ideologies that they brought. Okay. I'm just specific, specifically okay. talking about North America and the ideologies they brought overseas from Europe. True. Like I'm not going as far as you know talking about other people's cultures. Like I said, I don't like doing that. But okay. particularly white men in North American culture, that's where that whole control on and 
you know, controlling and governing of bodies, especially women's bodies, never mind just other races, but women's bodies, they kind of monopolize the game on that kind of stuff. So yeah, sorry to put to that take, out there. They have to take the two strongest people down. They have to take Basically. the black people down and they have to take the woman down. Yep. And mm. hence, a, I mean, look, like you said, like you said, Brittany, a thousand percent agree with basically just everything you said. A thousand percent. And I'm sorry on behalf of, of all men. I know most men ain't sorry about it, but I'm sorry. I'm just putting that out there. Because I think I think we y'all are fucking fantastic. Yes, y'all are some fucking fantastic people. <laughs> Word. All right, guys, I'm stopping the recording here. Okay, so now I need to ask you guys, what are your views on in the topic of abortion? It's such a hot topic in the realm of politics what are your views on things like women's right to choose like the pro-choice pro-life and why do you think politicians have such a voice in the matter when really the only voice should be um that matters is the woman who has to go through this uh well the thing with abortion is that i think different uh several different things are colliding um we got we got policing women's bodies and we have defining the moment that, um, you know, a, a fetus or, or a baby or a fetus becomes uh, a person with human rights. And we've got, um, you know, the religious view on that, spiritual view on that, um, consciousness view on that, where where there's this struggle, this challenge to define the moment that a fetus is is considered a person and and gains human rights, and then we have the the law and the legal aspect that collides with all of these different elements. So um, none of them are 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 things or concepts that are set in stone. They are all very controversial. And when you got three of them colliding together, um, you get people that feel very strongly about, about the topics that, um, that are going to have varying different viewpoints. And when you get people in power um, that, that hold strong to, to a certain you know, end of the spectrum on, on, on the belief systems with it. Um, it can be disastrous <clears throat> and it's, it's this whole definition of defining life and defining women's rights over their own bodies, even if they're carrying, um, you know, life within them. Um, so it, it, it just, it's messy. Okay. It's very messy. But do you feel as though people should even have those? Let's say, okay, let's say from a religious aspect. Here's my mindset. Religious aspect, it is considered a, a sinful thing to do. Now, as an individual who maybe is in the realm of, of religion, do you think that that is your right to say that you should not have an abortion? Or do you think it's your maker's decision to do so? I think absolutely, um, you know, women should have their rights over their own bodies. Um, we should have rights over our own bodies. I agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Because yeah. think about it, if you, if you want to say, is it up to the maker or is it up to you to make that decision? Well, God forbid you get cancer. Those same people then do believe that it should be up to the maker. Well, then don't get chemotherapy. Don't do any treatment because it was your maker's decision that you were going to have cancer and you're just going to write it out. And that was his choice. That's it. I don't understand. But, like, so, but those point. people that feel that way, they don't view it when it comes to that. They don't mind uh, taking treatments or any kind of uh, therapies or anything to to fix something that otherwise would have killed them. Okay. They have no yeah. problem interfering with the quote unquote maker's plan. But when it comes to abortions, then it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm, I, see what you're saying. I can't even get I, I, I hate getting into the whole religious part of this, because at the end of the day, to me, you know, yes, you know, there is a maker for everybody. But at the end of the day, two people made this damn baby. But if we don't have the means to take care of it, I should have the right to choose whether or not I want to keep it or not. But here's the thing. It should be, Andrew, it should be cut and dry, but it's not. As a man, hypothetically mm-hmm. speaking, you're dating some girl. She ends up pregnant. Yes. She wants to make the decision that she's not ready to have a kid. But you want the kid. Mm-hmm. Now, as a man, what do you do? But it, here's the thing. I can't say much of anything because at the end of the day, it's also her choice. We made a mistake in that sense where we basically had a baby that maybe we weren't prepared for or she wasn't prepared to have. Mm-hmm. But I can't I can't be upset if she feels like she's not ready to be a mom. Like, I mean, you're right. It, you know, that, to me, that, that's where if I'm going to be disappointed because I would love to have a kid, maybe yes. But if the other party involved isn't ready I don't want to have the 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 clash of of hey we need to have this baby versus I don't think I'm ready and there's going to be resent no matter what you know at the end of the day like if she is not ready she's not ready simple as that but that's just me you know like I can't speak for other men but why are we even getting into the debate of whether or not a woman should have the right to choose when at the end of the day she's going to have to be the one bearing the brunt of holding That's a baby in a, in a room. That's it. That's what people don't really take into account. A man should never be the one responsible or even for that matter, have the will or the power to decide if a woman wants to carry a, a baby in a room for eight, nine months. I'm sorry. That's just my personal opinion. So then what do you say to politicians? So for Welcome. example, what's you going on You can't trust a politician as far as you can throw one anyway. What's going on <laughs> in Texas is that people are not, women are no longer able to find out. Uh, sorry. They're no longer able to abort a child after four weeks. And I'm telling you now, somebody who's been pregnant twice, you only find out if you're pregnant in your fourth week. So what are you supposed to... And and I don't know why politicians feel as though... um, I'm not sure if it's a mix of politics and religion combined. And this is why um, they have a say in this. Like, I don't understand the mindset of why is this law... Shouldn't this be the woman's right? Why is it that you as a a man, male politician, um, feel the need to say, no, you're stuck with this child? I don't care. Well, I think you touched on it, right? When you said that religion and politics were kind of together, because originally that's what it was. I think that's how it originated and it continued to be that way where it's like it's it's hard to separate the two now Mm -hmm. at this point because they were so closely related. Um, but I mean, now we're so many years away from that, that we should start to kind of see otherwise. But I think that that was the root of the problem was that religion and politics were always together. Isn't it funny though? They say never mix religion and politics. And here we are mixing religion and politics. 
Yeah. Well, look, we could also talk about the same politicians that believe in pro-choice, but are the, are stupid enough to think that taking a vaccine is an issue. So, <laughs> I like once again, like I can't really, I, 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 you can't trust a politician as far as you can throw one. Never mind the idea that they're going to say pro-choice or pro-life when it comes to abortions. Mm-hmm. But then choose the idea of watching people die from a you know particular from a, t- a particular right. disease that's been ravaging our society right. for the last COVID. two years. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 utterly ridiculous to me where these lines keep drawing and the goalposts keep moving. moving. Yes. So I mean, me personally, a woman that is going to carry a baby in her in her womb for nine months should have the right to choose whether she wants to keep it for nine. So months. here's the mm-hmm. argument that I've that's had the, the with a lot of men when we bring up this mm-hmm. issue. Their mindset is, it's my child too. Shouldn't I have a right in the life of the child? <laughs> no, wow. because you don't have to carry the child. It, it's not 50-50. It's, not, yeah. it's 50-50 genetically, absolutely. But it's not yeah. 50-50 because a woman has to carry the load of everything. She has to be pregnant for, and it ends up being 10 months. Being pregnant be, yeah. for 10 months, yeah. then you have to go through whole labor. Mm. Then you have to, if you're breastfeeding and taking care of the baby, it's primarily on the mother. The mother has the the brunt of child rearing. So yeah. no, it's not 50-50. You don't get that right. I'm sorry. It may seem unfair to you, but then it also seems unfair to the woman when she's heavy, when she's 40 pounds plus overweight and she's got a baby pushing on her pelvis. And now she's got to figure out how to push a watermelon out of her tiny little vagina. Damn! We call this recency bias, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, you have anything to add to that? Uh, I just think it's wild that men who don't have the capacity within their own bodies to uh, get pregnant, carry a a baby, give birth, feel that they have any sort of right over a woman's autonomy to choose what to do with her own body. I think that's absolutely wild. I also think that it brings up, like, it brings up another issue in itself. Right. So the issue is, of course, the typical resentment. And now we have a child that may be neglect. And now we have a child that could potentially end up in the system of foster care. Right. Mm-hmm. It brings yep. up uh, another downward spiral. So, yeah, it sucks that, you know, you're going to have an abortion. Maybe some people don't, you know, don't agree on abortion, but because they're not ready, they have to go through that route. Um, but I would rather that than having a kid carry some sort of trauma that they're, they're literally going to carry for the rest of their life they're you know neglect from the parents why does my mom not want me why why is she not paying attention to me you're not your 100 percent self when you're not ready to do something right so now right. that brings yeah, another aspect of an issue sorry andrew what were you gonna say oh no no it's okay you can continue i just wanted to point out that as far as the idea that they don't think of you know, they, they, these these men want to govern these particular women from having an abortion, but don't realize the potential effect mentally, physically for not only the woman, but the child at hand, too. Yeah. I just they like you said, like they don't think about these perspectives. They only think about self. And that's the problem I have when it comes to these male politicians trying to like. Sorry, I got somebody washing a window outside. Of me. I don't <laughs> think you hear that. Or not. But. <laughs> but the. the the part that I get bothered by is we have these decision makers not thinking about 
the actual people that are going to be involved in these particular issues. They don't have these particular perspectives to really work or think about. They just care about, you know, themselves as opposed to the others that they're trying to make these decisions for, which is grossly unfair. And basically it's, it's out of the, it's out of line for these people to do. Would you say it's a sense? I just want to add as well. um, In, in countries where this has been banned in the past, um, like communist Romania, for example, um, it was it was criminalized. Abortion was criminalized. So, um, what was happening is women would find people to to perform illegal abortions, mm. and a lot of women were dying. Yep, because there wow. it was not regulated. It was not um, not cleanly safe either. Cle- yeah, it was not hy- hygienic. It was not. Um, you know, it was not it within a, a, a hospital or a clinic. Um, so you would have these these back alley abortions being done, and and you had a lot of women dying. You, it, it puts women at risk yeah. to to criminalize this because, um, you know, where there's where there's a will, there's a way. So I mean, um, mm-hmm. if if you start doing this in the states, you're going to have people that are going to be performing them. Um, illegally um anyways and then and then you start getting into into the other dangers that's such a good point yeah that's boom mic drop that's exactly it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's going to be done either way legally or illegally mm-hmm. i'm right i i just think it's also a power struggle men want to this is my personal opinion keep in mind you guys can disagree mm-hmm. with me and our listeners have every right to disagree with me but I just also feel like it's a power struggle dynamic. Men need to exert their dominance. And one way of exerting their dominance is making these type of decisions. Whether it's um, putting on a burqa or covering women's bodies. Whether it's dictating what is too sexual about women's bodies. Um, or whether it's making a decision like um, abortion. You know, I think there's some sort of men think they're you know, better, some men, not all, think that they're better than women and they have this type of mindset. Some people even want to go back and take it as far as the Bible and say, well, God created man first. So we're at the top of the chain. Then he created what, like, I feel as though that those type of narratives help push this um, dominance. I don't agree with it. We've seen women who are in power and who've done very well um, in understanding both the women and males' issues, um, as well as how they go about it, right? There seems to be that equal balance. Whereas for some male po- politicians, it's no, this is what it is. Um, I don't know why it's like that. This is what it is, and whatever I say goes. Yeah, well, you're not wrong, Michelle. I can tell you this much. I mean, just reading an article recently about the 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 undertones of, of, you know, shunning on, on midwifery and, and, and basically contraceptives and, and also abortion. I mean, this is like post-Civil War where white gynecologists were basically trying to, you know, basically completely abolish the practice just so that they can have themselves, you know, rise up in the medical field of gynecology. And mm. that's that's where that general consensus of anti-abortion really comes into play. That's been going on since post-Civil War. Mm. 
So post-Civil War, like, you know, gynecologists were saying that even black midwives or, or doctors weren't even, you know, feasible enough or didn't perform these type of procedures properly to the standards of white men, white medical gynecologists, white, white gynecologists, basically trying to eliminate those, the competition so that white men can stay prominent in that field. So, I mean, we're going, yeah, we're we're at this thing, the irony of like even women that say pro-choice and like, you know, if that's the case, you know, women gynecologists will, you know, or women, you know, doctors will lose that ability to, you know, practice or even for that matter, teach the, you know, abortions, you know, like, or talk about abortions with kids. And at the end of the day, like we're going back to like, why do we want abortions? Because at the end of the day, these parents don't feel, these women don't feel like they're fit enough to be mothers. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what we want to alleviate is like, you know, or isn't that what we want to avoid is having a child in the world that won't be protected or won't be cared for properly. Right. And if a woman feels she doesn't have the means to do that, well, you know, then why can't she have that argue, choice? Well, then why are you having sex? You yeah. know, there's always going to be an yeah. argument. Why you haven't? You shouldn't be having sex then, or you should be doing protection. Let me tell you, protection is not 100. percent It's 99.9. <laughs> yeah. There's always that point zero one percent. Well, there's also rape. Well, That's I mean, true. think about that. Like, yeah. I mean, what about the fact that if you got violated That's and you're true. given your, you have a seed planted in you? I mean, at the end of the day, like. It's a whole can of worms, but that can of worms shouldn't be that big. Yeah. It shouldn't be that hard of a decision. Right. If a woman is raped and you're telling me she can't have an abortion because of of a, a traumatic experience, you think a woman wants to carry a child through that kind of but circumstance? You imagine? You're basically forcing Yo. a woman to say, well, too bad. You got raped, yeah. so deal with it. What? Yeah. But that's the thing. That's basically what they're trying to eliminate is the idea of having that choice of a woman you know, regardless of circumstance, whether it's, you know, through a mistake, through sexual act or the fact that somebody gets raped, how the hell are you trying to put that kind of onus on um, on yourself as opposed to giving that responsibility to the person that has right. basically a, womb, a, a, a child being, you know, growing in a womb? Nah, man, it's that's the kind of fuckery we can't have. I'm sorry, but I just don't believe in that. I'm glad no, I that in Canada we don't have to deal with these types of arguments now. Mm. Of course, you know, we're coming up into an election. I heard, don't know how true this is, I heard that that could be a potential topic again. Um, I don't know. Really? It's always I, a potential. They always say that it's a potential topic. It's a potential, yeah, because there's certain people who, in Canada, who feel as though abortion should be illegal. This whole thing is so messed up. I'm sorry. Like, just that whole, the fact that we're even having this type of discussion as far as, you know, women's choice to have a baby or not is just so stupid their, to me, it, man. It okay. is. It's their choice. I, I think we all can agree this is a woman's choice. Like I said, there are mm-hmm. going to be people out there who will disagree, and I'd love to hear their argument about it um, with the aspect of religion being removed. I don't want to use that because if we're going to use religion, we could talk about a lot of things that we should not be doing. Like, for one, <laughs> eating <Preach>. bacon. <laughs> we should not be eating bacon. Yeah. Let's get that out the door then. You know, if you're hmm. going to use religion, make religion, make sure that you are also following those sets of religions. Case, hence why I don't really, you know, and deal not pick with and choose. Them. Exactly, yeah. and not pick and choose. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, guys, thank you so much for this conversation. It was great. 
Um, Andrew, as always, I give you a moment to let the people know where they can find you. Oh, well, um, y'all can reach out on Instagram, DrewBags17. Um, I have Twitter, which I am like, you know, always on. But at this point, I just recently changed my Twitter handle, so I can't even remember it off the top <laughs> of my head. But you can also listen to me on the Sports Jones, but I'm also opening, I'm setting up a podcast called The Real Talk Podcast, which the first episode will be dropping in the next week or two. I will definitely um, get us to post it on our on our instagram page so once I andrew drops it because you know your girl your girl michelle Jeez. is on Jeez. that episode <laughs> um so we'll definitely drop it on our instagram when he drops his new episode and t- lady d diana if people yes. want to follow you if if you want this um where can they um follow you at um, currently that's on hold. Okay. So, um, that's on hold for now. Um, but thank you so much for having me on the show, Michelle and Britt and, and Andrew. It's always a pleasure. Um, I just want to, um, one last thing that I want to say, um, uh, because to me, this, this line just stands out so much. And I think it's, it's such a good line. Um, I think I talked about it in, in relation to body image, but it really fits in regards to abortion as well. People's bodies don't exist to please you. Boom. <laughs> and mic drop. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>